Hi everyone, happy Pride Weekend uh, 2023. I'm here in San Diego and I'm not going to be in the in the thick of the crowd because I don't like crowds, but I do support this historic uh, movement and this historic move we made to uh, assert our pride. There is still shaming, a lot of shaming going on as I've mentioned in my last uh, episode um, namely by Christians and uh, I don't think you have to be a Christian fundamentalist to um, shame uh, lifestyles and biology that's not traditional you know for lack of a better word you know heterosexual society has dictated that um, a male and a female have to be what makes a family, a male and a female, and having a child that way, and um, loving that way. And uh, maybe back in ancient times, before and during and after Christ, um, we had to breed. You know, when people came on the planet, whether you believe in creation or, yet, or evolution, um, we had to breed. Our world had to, our humans had to uh, reproduce. And humans had to bond and have a sense of society and a sense of connection. And that's fine, that's understandable. And um, we have long since established a healthy gene pool. And we have many humans on the planet and it'll probably be a long time before we die off if uh, something happens that we can't reproduce that way. There are studies that, you can look it up if you want to, there are studies that um, gayness could be a biological thing, even if it is a choice. America is a free country and with that freedom we have responsibilities and balances checks and balances with the, that go along with those rights we have a right to express ourselves but we have no right to hurt each other just because uh, we're free to do so just because we're even we're even free to commit murder God forbid because no one can really uh, stop us from doing that except our own conscience and our laws that doesn't make it right and I dare say that those passages in the Bible Corinthians 6 9 and Leviticus against homosexuality I dare say that since we have we have changed things in the world that we have uh, evolved in some way some ways um, I can appreciate history like you know things have been written in the Bible and um, we can have things you know we, we can have things to remember like, um, we can remember that 
our Bible once had those passages. But if disciples and even God wrote those things, why can't we modify those rules? The Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments said, Thou shalt not kill, and um, thou shalt not bear false witness. Um, what's another one? Yeah, who is to say that everyone is a criminal type because they choose or have a biological constitution of being homosexual or um, non-straight, for lack of a better word, non-heterosexual? Who's to say that, huh? Why can't we modify it? You know, I'm I'm trying to think think to myself, if I could modify something or rewrite something in the Bible, my universal ethics process, I've explained it. Um, have regard for your your fellows when you're when you're practicing sex or sexual behavior. Have consideration. For for example, um, when I'm when I'm dating my girlfriends, you know, even, even Polly, when I'm dating my girlfriends, I don't I don't hug and kiss them, and and touch them in public. In fact, I don't even I don't even come out. Unless, unless it's maybe on on this podcast sometimes, just to you know explain points and uh, give examples of things that I'm that I'm sharing about. I have to share a little about my personal life. You know, I need to do that. Just, just as a therapist might need to, you know, share with a client, you know, what, what a healthy healthy relationship looks like. Or if um, a therapist, a gay, you know, a therapist that specializes in gay relationships um, can counsel a gay client and say, this is what a healthy gay relationship looks like, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I have to share and explain a few things sometimes. But um, there's consideration. I don't, I don't uh, come on the podcast and, and demonstrate uh, lovemaking. You know, I'm, my podcast's purpose is not to, to do that. I don't flaunt being um, homosexual. I don't flaunt being poly, you know, blatantly. I don't do that. I'm, uh, I'm discreet and polite about it. And, um, I don't, I don't rape. I don't, uh, commit crimes, sex crimes. So the Bible suggesting that I, w- I wish, I-, I wish someone could rewrite that. I mean, geez. You know, calling automatically calling uh, gay people unrighteous. I wish we could change that. You know, I have no control over how how things are written, but I wish we could do that. I mean, I mean, it's like uh, you know having to deal with people like the Ku Klux Klan. You know, al- allowing them to burn crosses in front of black people's homes or in front of uh, black supporting people's homes. People, you know, Black Lives Matter or something. Suppose, suppose we suppose uh, the Ku Klux Klan were allowed to just run around wild, 
and do that. That that's wrong. I feel like those those Bible verses are our Ku Klux Klan like. And I don't think they should be I don't think they should be in the Bible right now. I think they should be modified. And suggesting that um that gay that gay men when when they lie with each other should be executed, should be killed. That's you know, not everybody in America supports the death penalty. I don't. Um, if someone really does commit a crime, I believe in life sentence. Um, that opens another can of worms. We should improve the prisons. You know, I don't think I don't think humans deserve to be in a cage. I think they deserve to be uh, quarantined from from society, so they can't hurt people anymore, and they should be treated humanely. And again, I don't believe that gayness is a crime or a disease. I don't think gay people should be quarantined. Even, I don't think they should be punished. So I, I want. I wish we could change those uh, Bible verses. I'm just making a wish, you guys. I'm making a wish from my heart and soul. And I'm going to go on and talk about something personal. You can go ahead and turn off this uh, podcast because it might be triggering. So I'm going to give you guys a moment to take a deep breath and uh, maybe get yourself a cup of something soothing or something awesome to eat or uh, just sit down and settle down. The story is not graphic, you know, I'll reassure you there, but it might be disturbing emotionally. It is a story about um, me being lesbian. And uh, this was before I even knew I was Polly, but um, it's about... Uh, it's about the woman I'm I'm living with right now and me, our relationship. We've known each other since I was six. Since we were, uh, since I was six. Now she was older. You know, I'll, uh, I'll I'll give you that discrepancy right now. She wasn't an adult, but she was older, and um, we didn't have any sexual uh, encounters then. But um, she was a close friend. I was six years old. Um, she was 14. And um, I met her then, and it was my, my birthday. I was going to a special school. I was going into the first grade. This was after I had come out of the mental institution. I was under the care of a county institution when I was five. I spent nine months in there and I had just come out of there and moved back in with my mom. And my mother enrolled me in this uh, special school that was recommended by the county. And I was going there for maybe, I don't know, three, three hours a day, Monday through Friday. And um, we had a birthday party at, at the school for my sixth birthday. And um, after that, we uh, came home. I came home and brought a few playmates back with me. I think maybe some friends from school, maybe some family, um, a couple of neighbor kids. And we went into my mama's living room, and uh, my aunt was there. My aunt uh, had thrown. My aunt and my mom had thrown a party for me there. Um, we had a party at school, but I think we also had like a like a cast party type thing at home where we came back home and the party continued at home and 
I had been uh, playing the piano, messing around on the piano at the special school and playing chopsticks. And I have no idea. It was almost like ESP. My aunt said, I have a, I have a surprise for you. And I remember her telling me she had to make room in my bedroom at her house. Um, my aunt and my mom, they were both taking care of me. She said she had to make room for the, uh, the, uh, present. And, um, what happened was, I came up, I came home to my mom's, and I saw the most remarkable birthday present I had ever seen in my life. It was what I thought was a piano. And, um, I immediately ran over to it and played chopsticks on it. And I couldn't stop playing. In fact, I had to, I had to be told to, uh, come to the table for dinner because I couldn't stop playing, uh, this musical instrument. And, um, the, uh, person who had helped my aunt pick out the birthday present was 14. And, um, she was also part of the present. And, um, she said she was going to teach me how to, how to play this musical instrument. So it wouldn't just be me playing chopsticks, but I couldn't st stop playing chopsticks. Um, after my birthday party, the piano was moved at least I thought it was a piano. The piano was moved to my room at my mom's. And again, uh, I had to be disciplined away from that musical instrument because I just, I couldn't stop playing it. And uh, my, my, my new friend, her name was uh, Aura. She promised to uh, teach me how to play it. And she said that it, it wasn't a piano. It was an organ. She and my aunt were telling me that it wasn't a piano, it was an organ. And uh, in the process, um, I really got to know this person, Aura. And to make a long story short, she sort of became an adopted sibling. And um, I also caught feelings for her. And, uh, fast forward it, um, she's, she sort of half lived with me and half, uh, lived nearby. She kind of lived the same distance that my mom lived from my aunt. My mom, my mom lived like maybe a couple of blocks away from my, my aunt. And, uh, Aura lived maybe around maybe the same, uh, neighborhood kind of maybe in between, I think maybe she lived even even closer, but she came over all the time, and she was trying to teach me how to play the organ. It was a Magnus chord organ, and um, she was trying to teach me how to, how to play it, and I don't know. Um, she was supposed to be my, my organ teacher. And instead of being my organ teacher, she became 
one of my best friends. And uh, to make a long story short, my aunt did not approve of me getting too close to this 14-year-old girl. She thought it was a really inappropriate relationship. And again, no, no sex happened. But um, Aura and I grew very close. She became like, a, like an older sister confidant that I can confide to. And sometimes she even uh, spent the night with me. But my aunt, my aunt was, um, my aunt was kind of scratching her head and thinking, uh, they're getting along. They're, they're, they're wonderful, beautiful friends. And I shouldn't have any objection to, uh, her sleeping over. And initially she didn't, she thought it was kind of cute that a 14 year old girl was taking such a liking to me. And I was just really, uh, connecting, you know, bonding with her. And, um, I don't know. The relationship kind of went on, you know, I had, I had kind of a, I had a crush on, on Aura. It was really powerful. And, um, she, I don't know if she had feelings for me, but, um, she, she thought it was cute, you know, and she was really nice and benign about it. And she, you know, she would, uh, pat me on the head and hug me and kiss me on the cheek. She was affectionate. But I never really knew how she felt. And I didn't know back then, in those days, what gay was. I, I wasn't aware of LGBTQ. You know, it was back in the 70s, and we were even more ignorant about it than we are, than we are still now. Um, strides have been made. Great strides have been made with pride. And I really appreciate that. There are even laws enacted, you know, gay marriage and... Uh, Gay, even gay politicians, even though I don't, I don't like politicians. I mean, there has been much progress made, and I really appreciate and embrace it, and I want more. I really do. Um, but back then in the, let's see, 1975, 1974, 1975, um, we were still really ignorant about it. And um, I lived in a neighborhood where we were still really ignorant. You know, there was a a Catholic family on, on one end of the block and we were these hippies on the corner and my aunt was just especially after my, my mother's death my aunt had sort of changed about me and didn't seem to uh, love me as much and um, I was still friends with Aura we, we you know we were still uh talking to each other and she still sometimes spent the night and uh, I remember the summer before my mom died she spent the night almost every night it was like we had this perpetual slumber party you know we were just together all the time and I don't know some some kind of uh, shit hit the fan and uh, before I knew what was happening my aunt sold the organ. This was like uh, the spring in the following year after my mom died. And Aura was a, a big source of comfort, and so was the organ. I was even making up my own melodies and stuff, and Aura had no objection to that. And my aunt even came into my room sometimes and listened but I don't know she 
she I guess she didn't approve of my relationship with Aura. Maybe she thought something was kind of happening. Because back then, you know, by then I was nine. It was three years later and I was nine. And what's, uh, I can't do the math. Maybe, oh my God, was, was Aura an adult? An adult then? Maybe my, maybe my aunt was just really freaking out about it. I'm going to hit the pause button so I can do the math. Or I was 17 years old. I just did the math. She was 17. No wonder my aunt was freaking out. But it doesn't make right what happened next. My aunt sold the organ. And uh, she didn't even uh, give me, me or Aura a chance to uh, react. She sold the organ. And she, forbid, she forbade me to um, ever see Aura again. And uh, that summer, we moved out of state. I was devastated. I was homesick for San Diego, and I missed Aura so much. I, uh, I got another playmate in Albany and made some friends, but... I cried every night for a while because I was so homesick and I missed Aura so much. <clears throat> when I was uh, 12, we came back to San Diego and I had sort of put the incident behind me even though I never really forgot it, even though I never really forgave my aunt for uh, coming between us. When I was 14, uh, I looked up Aura again, and we hung out hung out again together, and my aunt and I were uh, not getting along. We were fighting all the time, and other, other things were happening which precipitated uh, two years later, by the time I was 16, I, I ran away. I was, I was being bullied at school, and um, my aunt was restricting the amount of time I spent with Aura. She didn't want me to spend too much time with uh, Aura. I think, I think looking back, she was afraid something was going to develop between us right under her roof. And again, I, I didn't really know what, what gay was. And I was dealing with, it, dealing with it at school. I was being bullied, not just for being... Uh, I was, I was, you know, I was, I was bisexual too. I had crushes on boys too. And, um, again, Aura and I weren't really in a relationship, but I was still crushing on her. And I didn't, I thought something was wrong with me because I, uh, I liked her. And since I, I thought it was socially acceptable to be straight, I, I crushed on boys at school. And I would uh, confide in Aura sometimes about some really bad, bad ones I was having at school. And she would console me. Maybe that was why my aunt didn't approve. Again, it wasn't anything sexual, but I really appreciated all the affection Aura bestowed on me. And um, the relationship sort of uh, was off and on. And then... Um, I don't know, we, we, you know, things kind of uh, dropped and she moved to South Carolina. 
And during uh, during COVID, I looked her up again because I looked at I was looking up everybody during COVID, and um, I looked her up, and she was living in South Carolina. I have no idea how she ended up there, but um, she um, she mailed herself to San Diego. And moved in with me for a summer and a few months in twenty in twenty 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 one I think or no twenty twenty yeah the summer of twenty twenty and then she moved back out again and got got her own place and um, she's back with me now and I'm in a poly relationship with her. And my girlfriend who lives downtown. And another person who lives near uh, North Park. So um, I have two girlfriends that uh, don't live with me and a girlfriend that lives with me. And in the light of pride, that's the way I'm living my lifestyle. And I'll, I'll tell you the good news. I've never been, I've never been so loved. I've never had such a complete, complete or completing relationship in my life. It's wonderful. It's, uh, I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life being celibate and sexless too. And, um, I, I, uh, stopped being celibate after Aura moved in the, the last time I stopped being celibate. And, um, since, uh, we're all free to choose how to have, how to have sex or how to love, um, especially in a poly arrangement, as long as we're communicating and, um, open, um, the, uh, relationships that I have with the other two girls, uh, we don't have sexual relations and they're fine with that. Um, but I, I, I do sometimes have relations with, with, with Aura, my live-in, um, Sherry and Dee, um, they're the other two. And they don't live with me, but when I when I see them, when I date them, um, we are we are affectionate, but not uh, you know not not gross you know. So um, what's my point? When we're dealing with uh, people in our lives that try to get in the way, such as coercing or cajoling or um, threatening us with Bible verses and with um, love bombing and with uh, blatant uh, act, taking action against our relationships by separating us or by uh, installing laws and rules against you know, in other countries, uh, they still practice the death penalty against uh, gay people. When when people do that, it's oppressive. And these people really do believe they're doing the right thing. And I, believe it or not, I respect their feelings. And I, I respect, as the human condition, they're going through thought thought processes and emotions that are reacting, responding to uh, what they're seeing, what they're forced to uh, look at. 
Yesterday I read that, that many Christians are trying to love, maybe they're, I don't know if they're faking it, but they say they're trying to love us, they're trying to love gay people, or they're trying to understand gay people, but they just can't, you know, they, they believe that it's incompatible with their beliefs, and um, I too get into this, I too scratch my head sometimes, and I think, if God, if God gave us sex to um, procreate and bond, to procreate, if if it if it's if it's Christian to be open to procreation, um, what if you can't procreate? What if, what if you get married? What what if a couple of old people get married? A couple of old Christians get married? Or what if what if a woman marries a man, and she's postmenopausal, and can't have children? Is that a sin? Come on, I mean, what what if what if she has a heterosexual relationship with a husband, and gets married? She can't be a Christian, or she can't get get married and still be part of the Christ, a Christian community. Wait a minute. What what is this? That's why I, I I wonder if we should examine these rules we make, or these rules that are written in the Bible. Those rules were written in the Bible a long time ago. You know, we've learned a lot since then. Why can't we, we use what we learned and at least modify those rules? You know, I, I understand it's about respect. You know, if, 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 if gay people are being compared to uh, criminal types and if parents and, and uh, people in authority are still attempting to sabotage and separate us, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's because they feel disrespected. I really believe we should redefine what respect really means. Be safe, everyone. Happy Pride.